How can I explain things unseen when I can feel it? How can I attain the answers for questions that linger? Or if my mind could wrap around the facts, make them tangible, it's be easy. Yeah. The way I'm feeling, it's just beyond a Hey everyone. Hello. So glad you are with us for, is this episode nine? It is. Wow, we're getting Mm -hmm. down to the wire. Only one more episode and then uh, we're going to kind of take a little breather and reassess and make sure that we're getting you the best content we can for Beyond a Reason because it means a lot to us. We love this and uh, it's been really cool to be able to get some of your stories, talk about them, reflect on them and the positive feedback from all of you has been amazing. Yeah. Make me blush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Some people have like texted us saying they've cried and I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to make you cry. But it's, Tears of joy. Yeah. It's really, really, it's been a blessing. It's been really cool. And we've got an awesome story coming at you. Yeah. So this one is a really personal one. Um, it's my sister, actually. And, um, you know, a lot of times Derek and I kind of, I don't want to say we forcefully ask people to be on the podcast. That's a little aggressive. But when people will tell us stories, we will t- jump at the opportunity, if you will, to be like, oh, it's a great story. You should be on our podcast. And <laughs> we become a used car salesman. Yeah. Very right. aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. But we have our hearts are in a great place. <laughs> um, but actually, a few weeks back when we interviewed Jake, yep, um, my brother's old college roommate, Um, my sister was actually there during that conversation I initially had with him and she said she had pulled me aside and she said hey Melissa I don't even really know if my story would be a beyond a reason but I would love to share what I've gone through in 2020 and she started to tell me and I thought this is totally beyond a reason and uh, are you sure and she said well can I be anonymous and I said no (laughs) I said that's a little hard for me to lie through a 20 minute podcast and pretend it's not my sister you know but um well, no, eventually I'll probably say her name. I was going to say I've got two sisters, so you could guess which one, but uh, <laughs> it's the doctor. So yeah. it would be Amy Jo. So, uh, but Amy Jo's story is incredible. Um, she actually has kind of a two-part story, which uh, it's amazing because we were all going through this really challenging time at the end of 2019. My dad, who is, uh, you know, one of the rocks of our family, um, got really, really sick. We couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. This man had dozens of tests done. Everything came back negative. And, you know, months later, um, this was before COVID-19 had come to the States, quote unquote. But it's been suggested by a number of infectious disease doctors in Connecticut that my dad may have been one of the first unofficial cases. We're not sure. But everything he had lines up with covid yeah all the symptoms the heart issue lung issue Mm -hmm. blood clotting breathing Mm -hmm. and they literally never gave us an actual diagnosis so Mm -hmm. but like she said it's pre-covid so 
he might have been patient zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is luckily it was during a time where COVID hadn't really, quote unquote, existed um, because my dad was able to get as many doctors on hand as possible. And there was a lot of capacity in the hospital so they could really focus on him. But there was a really scary moment. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, my sister, I want to have her talk to you about maybe the plans she had in place and why it was so significant that they didn't actually line up the way she had originally planned. It was my sixth and final year of my doctoral program. I was ready to kind of go be off on my feet. My last year was all about clinicals where I get to work full time. I was really, really excited about that. And I could go anywhere in the country. And who would have thought that they put all three of my clinicals in the state of Connecticut. So I was like, are you kidding me? I could have gone anywhere. And they put me at all three in Connecticut where I've lived my whole life. So at first I was like, oh, no big deal. It's fine. I have housing. That's great. But by the end of 2019, my dad, who who is, you know, like more than just my dad, he's kind of like one of my best friends. He got really, really sick and no one could really figure out what was going on. I was actually working in the hospital that he was admitted to not once, not twice, but three times, all with the same thing that no one could really pinpoint what was going on. And it was it was a little rough. I was working full time, uh, but I was so wonderfully blessed that I was able to work at the same hospital that he was at because I didn't actually have to take a leave from my program and restart back up later. I mean, it was a horrible time, but I was able to really keep working at a time when even the doctors I was working with were saying, you know, we don't know what's going on with your dad. We don't know if he'll make it to tomorrow. We just don't know. And you want to take this time with him. And I was able to not only be present with him, but also still push forward in my schoolwork. So that was my start to 2020. Okay, pause. So before we go to the second part of my sister's story, we got to kind of dive into this a little bit. So Derek works with my father. He's one of the partners at his insurance firm. And I mean, babe, you can kind of speak to the fact that my dad is... And really never sick. The man never really uh, misses a day of work. No days off. It's <laughs> like the Bill Belichick of uh, insurance. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just, he's Mr. Reliable. He's there every day. He was literally doing emails uh, in the ICU room <laughs> uh, every year during, not to bore you with health insurance talk, but we go through this open enrollment period, the fourth quarter into the first quarter, and it's just mayhem. We have thousands of clients we're reaching out to. Um, a lot of it's just kind of handholding, but, uh, our clients need us and they need Alan because he's, you know, our man, he's the principal of the agency. He started it, he built it from the ground up and people trust in his word. Mm -hmm. And, um, he has always been there, is still here, always will be here. But you know, this was like just a shock. Mm -hmm. No one was used to not having Alan, uh, at extension 101, ready to talk about Medicare, ready to talk <laughs> about your health insurance renewal. Mm -hmm. So um, this was shocking. Yeah, this was crazy for our family. And my dad has always kind of um, he's been someone my mom monitors. So my mom is like a fitness guru. So she kind of watches my dad because he loves to eat. He doesn't like to work out very much. But like like Derek was saying, he never really gets sick. We don't really ever see anything. When dad gets sick, you know, something's wrong. Um, he's just kind of like, you know, he's like an iron stomach. He just doesn't get sick ever. And this was crazy for us because we didn't know really where it came from. So what was funny about Amy Jo's story was she had all these plans. Oh, my gosh. 
So with clinicals, you can go anywhere in the country. And I remember Amy Jo calling me her junior year and she said, Melissa, start making phone calls. I called a reporter friend in Texas, in Houston, Texas, Brandon. And I said, can my sister stay with you if she gets placed with you? Absolutely, Melissa. I called a friend in California, Ray. You had called Kathleen. Could we have some, could she stay with you? I had called friends in Utah who live out there. Matthew, our brother in Florida, he was ready for Amy Jo to come here. So we called virtually all over the country um, to just make sure that there was somebody somewhere if Amy Jo got placed there because she had applied everywhere. And what's funny is, like she said, she ended up in all three places in Connecticut and it's just you'll never leave. Yeah. You'll never leave us. But it was just this bigger picture that none of us saw. We of course thought, Oh, this is good. You're a homebody. You'll, you'll get to be with your family. And of course in the midst of it, she's like, well, this kind of stinks. Like I really wanted to travel and get I away. She, I, well, not to put words in her mouth, but I think she saw the opportunity to leave and go somewhere else mm-hmm. as an opportunity to finally break out of her shell you know, push herself into an uncomfortable stage mm-hmm. to grow and to become who she really meant was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that transformation happened. It's just not the way she thought it would happen. Right. Well, and she's going to talk about that in a second. And what was weird is when my dad did get sick um, and he was in the hospital. So th- it's a huge hospital that he was in. He was in what? Bridgeport Hospital? Yeah. It's like one of the biggest hospitals in Connecticut. And when my dad actually had he had an episode where he coded. Um, So we actually thought we were going to lose him. And there was like 12 doctors running into his room. And lo and behold, that day, Amy Jo was not only working in that same hospital, but she was on the same floor and in the room across from my dad's room. It's crazy. Which, how does that happen? And if Amy Jo had been somewhere else in the country, I mean, who who would know if, if, you know, doctors would have made it in on time or my parents would have, you know, my mom would have found out that dad was sick or whatever the case may be. It was just crazy that she could be there and be a safety net for my dad when he was going through probably one of the scariest times of his life so and and their relationship is just so cool Mm -hmm. so like i think god not only did that for joski for the growth that happened because of it but Mm -hmm. also for alan to have that you know steady calming voice and his uh number one favorite kid i mean sorry to say it no it's fine i used to be number one and then i got married and now amy joe is definitely number one she was number two for a long time a solid number two i brought you down a peg sorry babe i mean like you brought me down four pegs i'm now number five i'm the worst Mm, i mean he just doesn't feel i need him anymore but that's a whole other thing (laughs) (laughs) but so that was the first part of amy joe's story that we thought wow crazy because none of us really realized it until after it happened and we thought what are the chances of that but then the even bigger story was what amy joe realized when she was in her last clinical and she was still stuck in connecticut and almost surrounded by what seemed like no support negativity and she was kind of backed into a corner the the pandemic was going on and in addition to that i also had felt for a couple months that i felt i had been in a relationship with my first boyfriend of three years, really, really wonderful guy, and things just didn't feel right. I didn't know what they were. I fought it really hard. I kept thinking, you know, this is your problem, like your your insecurities, there's nothing wrong with your relationship, but something was always kind of tugging at me and saying, I don't know if this is right. And looking back on it now, uh, I think it might have been, you know, God speaking to me. Eventually, after a couple months, um, I decided to take a leap of faith, uh, trust in God and trust that this was his plan. 
um, and I had ended our relationship of three years. And that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. What I really, really struggled with was I felt like cutting one person out of my life, which was already really, really hard. Um, it came with actually a lot of other people leaving my life as well. Um, there were a lot of people who didn't support that decision, friends, family members, um, his family members, you know, a lot of people didn't understand and didn't agree with it. I lost more than just my best friend and my boyfriend. I lost, you know, a few, uh, quite a few other integral people in my life. Um, so I kind of was like sitting there like the beginning of 2020, then there's this pandemic. So I'm spending even more time alone. If that wasn't bad enough, you know, you're already struggling with being alone from ending a relationship. But now, you know, you're you're forced to be quarantined at home. And I was like, good grief. Like, what what is going on? I really am having a hard time following you here, God. Like, I don't know. Maybe I messed up. Slowly but surely, I realized, you know, I kind of kept hearing God's voice saying, like, calm down. Like, hold on. Just give it a minute. It's going to take some time. But you'll see. I have I have a plan here. And I had to spend a lot more time with myself. And for people who didn't really know me very well before, I never was the biggest fan of myself. I would have rather kind of been like that person, or I wish I had that quality. And I never really felt truly comfortable with myself and how I kind of turned out and what qualities I was given. But I think that was part of the plan all along. I ended up spending more time alone with myself, really reflecting on things that I actually really love things that I never knew I liked before and things that I really used to like, but I hadn't been able to delve into those interests and kind of know my feelings and thoughts on that. The more time I kind of spent alone with myself, the more I kind of learned what I like, what kind of made me who I was, and that I could be happy with those things, that I really enjoyed those pieces of myself and ended up kind of turning out differently because I ended up being, I would say, probably the best version of myself um, and being truly comfortable in my own skin and not needing someone else to help me to be comfortable in myself, just being myself and being happy with that. And she's not really kidding. I obviously grew up with Amy Jo her entire life, and this is a girl who I just could never understand. If you ever met my sister, she truly looks like a porcelain doll she's one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen and it's not because she's my sister she just has beautiful pale skin the most gorgeous blue eyes is this little tiny thing so sweet her voice sounds like a Disney princess she's just precious I think that's the best way to put it and I could never understand growing up why truly she just didn't like herself she just didn't and she didn't feel she had anything to offer the world and it's just amazing that when you finally start to like mature as a person and you're alone and you're not relying on well what do you think about me or what does the world think about me she was able to really self-reflect and find herself and it's amazing because it truly was in the darkest of times yeah it doesn't get much worse than having your dad slash best friend go through what he went through COVID-19 first boyfriend breakup which was a very serious relationship and all the connections that came with it i right. mean it's just they like a about marriage kids all that yeah it's a laundry list mm-hmm. of items that um but you know i think it just speaks to maybe how entrenched joski was with her current state of mind before all this mm-hmm. growth happened 
where, you know, God, at least we believe it was God really thought that he needed to throw the kitchen sink at her to, mm. to finally, you know, push some progress forward. Right. You had to pull all those layers off because she just didn't see it. She mm-hmm. didn't see her value, which yeah. is which is a shame because I think a lot of people probably end up being in her boat. I would think a lot of times. Yeah. And I think something that I experienced while I was dating you was your trip to South Africa and kind of how you lived a life where your parents provided everything for you and you found a lot of comfort in in being home and having the connections and something to fall back on. And then you go to this other country and it's just a whirlwind. It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was insane. And, and I think that sometimes too, you don't want to believe that you're dependent. I always grew up helping my mom with the kids. I always was, I I never asked my mom really for anything, never needed to go shopping. I was always, I thought a very independent person, but I did realize that people drove a lot of my actions. And I felt like when I was, what, we were 20 when we went abroad, right? Yeah. Um, 2010. yeah. Yeah. So when I went to South Africa alone and you were in Ireland, so totally different time zones, everything, Um, I had no family, specifically my mom, who's always been like my best friend. And then I had no boyfriend. I didn't have you. And it truly tested me to my limits to the point of you almost feel like you're going to self combust. But that trip and living in a third world country and just seeing yourself and taking the makeup off and not caring about your hair and not caring about what people think and not waiting to see what your boyfriend thinks and not waiting to see what your parents approve of, but just you and just seeing who you are and what you're going to make of this world. It, it To me, that was a changing point in my life. That was a turning point in my life was being alone. Yeah, I think you came, you came back with just a completely different mindset, a personality, just see... You could tell that something had changed, but for the better, you know. And it wasn't you, just the accent. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did come back with an accent yeah. that I dropped real fast just because it was kind of annoying. I think it drove everyone a little cuckoo. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't help it. You're there for seven months. What do you expect? <laughs> but the independence and the bold personality and the decision making that wasn't there. And I, I don't know. You just came back different. And I think Joski throughout this experience of all the negative that was thrown at her, she just she took it on the chin and even though she had some down points she's come out of it stronger than ever and um i think it's also a testimony just to her faith and the Mm -hmm. fact that she was able to fall back on it Mm -hmm. um because so often when you don't have a faith or just something that's bigger than you um you can just get in these lulls and you feel like you're the only one that can get yourself through it. Like you're conquering the world alone. Yeah. Yeah. You were like that for a long time. Yeah. Most of our relationship actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up in a household where, especially once my grandmother passed, because I grew up with my grandparents, um, I always felt that, you know, I I never wanted for anything, but I always felt that I just kind of had to take things on and not complain, put my head down, work hard and my own self effort I always felt like could fix any issue Mm. that it needed to Um, but then life happens and you become an adult and these problems get thrown at you where it's hard to handle on your own without control is just not enough yeah you Mm. need something and I realized that with time that you need just something bigger than you that you can just trust that you can fully put your trust into that um what you still have to try hard you still have to put your best effort forward best attitude but 
you know, you truly believe in your heart that something bigger than you is going to take over and it's just whatever negative low points you're going through are going to be turned into something positive and, and strong. And that you don't walk alone. Yeah. I think that's another big thing is that I think... In those low moments. I think yeah. Amy Jo kept kind of bringing up God because she knows that, you know, when we are by ourselves, I, lo- I know that we love to take credit for our own self-growth, but any real success... It, it can't just be that you did it alone. You know, it's that same idea of it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't technically see all the people who live in your village, a.k.a. in our eyes, that's God, um, they still count. And I think in Amy Jo's situation, you know, people are going to say you're a very strong girl. She is a very strong girl and she's very self-aware. Yes, she is. But there was something guiding her and there was somebody giving her some strength and there was somebody giving her courage to keep pushing. You kept hearing it where it was like, give me a minute, give me a minute. Something is going to work out here. And Mm -hmm. there was some kind of a voice that if she didn't really listen to it, I mean, who's to say she wouldn't spiral into a depression or just date somebody else or rebound into something else or go to alcoholism, whatever the case may be. She leaned on something. And I don't think you can ignore the fact that you can't walk alone and and really take big steps and stride forward. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something bigger than you because like Melissa alluded to, if you fall back on someone or something, Mm -hmm. some substance, You'll um, you'll just fail. And it's not really on you it's not on the other person it's just that we're flawed generally we're humans (laughs) that's what we are we're not perfect so and that's okay yeah that's cool i mean it's not really cool but it's it's cool (laughs) like i mean it's just it is what it is it's the it's the norm you know we are not perfect and that's what makes us all different but you know we need a little help and i think if we can rely on something concrete we can get through those major obstacles like Amy Joe did. Yeah. So big shout out to Dr. Joski. Yes. We love you. Dr. Amy Joe the third. <laughs> Actually, there's no the third. I always just feel like when you have the name doctor, you should be like the third. Yeah. I always picture like if I was a doctor, I would be one of those doctors on an airplane where they're like, Is there a doctor on board? Oh, you'd be you so know? funny about it. But like yeah. you would make a joke and then people would be like, All right, where's the real doctor? <laughs> this is serious. Yeah. This man's having a heart attack. I feel like I would be that person that if there was like if we were on a stranded island and they're like, Where's a doctor? And I'm like, I'm a vet and it's like, Well, we'll use you. I feel like I'd be that person. <laughs> like not a real I'm not that vets aren't real doctors. But like if you need someone to do all our veterinarians. No, you know what I'm talking about? Like if (laughs) somebody broke their leg and it's like, I'm a vet and it's like, all right, cool. You'll do, you know, I'd be that doctor. Yeah, That would be me. But I just think it's funny that my sister is like five foot one and she's half your size, but she like does your physical therapy. I think that's what's Marino's physical therapy. Yeah. My best friend who's like six foot four. Yeah. You know, whatever. She's strong. She's a strong woman physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Boom. Boom mic drop don't <laughs> drop the mics those were expensive <laughs> leave it right where it is but seriously thank you amy joe we appreciate your testimony thank you for letting us share your name and um you are pretty awesome my friend so i'm proud to be your sister let's see we are yeah down to one more episode but we're not going to tell you what it's about you just have to tune in that's yeah. what you have to do it's going to be another story we'll we'll say that here's a story for all of you <laughs> Shut the mics off or I'll keep singing. Beautiful voice. It's so good. But, uh, but seriously, just, <laughs> get off. Get the... Uh, uh, <laughs> um, oh. One thing I just want to clarify Sorry. is um, <laughs> even after this episode, we are going to come back. So uh, we keep telling you, keep sharing your stories. Yes. Um, go to our website, beyondreason.com or go to our Facebook Beyond a Reason CT, share your story. Uh, we'll do our best to 
express our thoughts, uh, kind of recap it, our viewpoints on what got you through, what was beyond a reason, um, and um, and also share it with all of you in future podcasts. That's the plan. Yeah. Like I said, we're just taking a break to make this even better, uh, and our break is only going to be a few weeks, so it's nothing crazy. We're not going on like a hiatus for like a year. That's yeah. that's you're crazy. N- you're not getting rid of us yet. No, no. You're definitely not. But right now you are. So take it, Zabai. Yes, it's all it. you. <laughs> we love you.